Luke 10 of Mary and Martha, and two very different responses. Mary sat at Jesus' feet and hang out with Jesus. She was a relational person. Martha, I think, is more of a practical person, and she was doing the best that she knew how to be a good host. And she went to the kitchen and started to prepare meals. And so both of them thinking, okay, I'm actually, this is how you host somebody when they come to your house. Um, but the interesting thing is Jesus wanted relationship. He wanted Mary, he wanted Mary and Martha to hang out with him. And so he actually sided with Mary. And so it's been said of Martha, she was making sandwiches Jesus never ordered. You know, he didn't actually ask her to go ahead and prepare the meal. Uh, what he wanted was relationship. And so I think she found herself kind of in this, by habits, by automatic response, she found herself doing something and without really understanding, is that necessary right now? Is that the priority? And uh, so this is what I want to look at today. I want to look at uh, a, a pattern, a habit that we fall into automatically, and we need to stop and ask, is this really the priority here. And uh, this is the pattern that I want us to explore, is that sometimes we drift into being busy doing stuff. We just get busy. We get full of practical work instead of focusing on who we're being, who we're becoming. And we need to stop and ask ourselves, is this really the priority? Is what I'm doing, is the, the busyness, the tasks, the activity important? Or is my heart, who I'm being, who I'm becoming, important? And we can so often get distracted with the practical and then neglect our heart. Because I think as we'll see today, uh, and it will become a bit more clear as we go on, the priority, the most important thing is our heart, not what we do. And uh, if you can turn to Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verse 23, and uh, this is our main scripture for today. Proverbs uh, 4 verse 23, but just before we get there, I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you that, uh, that, Lord, you're our friend. God, you're our mentor. You're our leader. And God, that you are discipling us. We thank you that you come alongside us to help us in life, to have the right perspectives, the right priorities. And I thank you that, Lord, you are uh, you're good to us, and you're faithful, and you don't, uh, con- you don't condemn us if we're getting things wrong, but you help us to realign and get things right. And I just pray that today, uh, each of us would have a moment with you that's special, that's unique, a moment for you to speak into our lives and bring clarity. And uh, Lord, help us to realign the direction of our life and the direction that you want it to go, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool, so Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says this. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See that? It's your heart that determines where your life's going to end up. It's not what you do, it's who you are that determines where your life destination is going to be. Uh, And today I I really want us to have a moment where we take stock of our heart, we assess what's in our heart, and we assess what the priority of our life is right now, and are we going to end up in the right place? Are we going to set our direction of our life in the right way, following where, leading out from where our heart goes? See, our heart over our actions determines the course of our life. It's not what we do that determines the course of our life. It's who we are. And I think the choices that we make, and we'll see this as we go on, 
Because the things that we do and the choices that we make, they're actually an overflow of who we are inside. And so we've got to get what's inside right so we make sure that our actions are right. So today is going to be a little bit of self-assessment, self-awareness, self-correction, a bit of soul-searching today. And uh, we're going to take stock of our heart. You know, so often we work so practically at building the life we want, working hard. Um, We set a to-do list, we set goals, and we pursue them, thinking that's where we're going to get to where we need to get to. Um, But I think we need to put more energy and more focus and more planning into who we're becoming, the person we're growing into. Uh, You see, God would rather we not just do the right things. He would rather we be the right person. And that's God's priority. So we need to put more energy, more strategy, more research, more prayer and focus into who we're becoming, the character we're building, rather than just the uh, things that we're doing day to day. Uh, Any planners here today? Any to-do list people? I'm a to-do list person. I've got a, like a, a weekly thing and I write lists as well. I got to get done this day and cross them off as I go. Really satisfying to cross off those to-do lists, you know. Um, but I think, how about we set more to-be lists, you know? I don't just need to get this done today, that done today. Oh, I need to be honest today. I need to be encouraging today. I need to be full of faith today. How about we set some to-be lists and not just some to-do lists in our life? See, we're often very intentional about what we're doing, but we, what I want to talk about today is we've got to be intentional in who we're becoming. And the great thing about character is that character is always under our control. We are always in control of our response to life. We're always in control of, our, of, of not necessarily the situations, but how we respond. Our heart is something that no one else can take their control away from us. You know, for example, your work, you might have a boss. There's certain things you can't control about your work environment. Your family, you can't choose who your family is. You're born into a family. You, you can't necessarily choose in your financial situation. You might have debt and obligations that you don't have choices. You're, those things are out of your control. But your character within those situations is always within your control. No one can take that from you. Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor from a Nazi death camp in World War II. Horrific situation. If you can imagine, no control over his circumstances at all, facing death continually. But he said this, Everything can be taken from man but this one thing. The last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. See, even in the most horrible of circumstances where you've got no control, you always have control over the condition of your heart and your character. So whatever your external situation, whatever happens to you, and you know, it's really easy to to blame situations for the way that you're turning out. It's really easy, especially today's culture, today's society, uh, today's generation. We blame so much. We have this mentality that... um, my life is the way it is because of my upbringing or because of my financial situation, because of my culture. And so you can blame external factors, but the reality is that no one else is responsible for our heart but ourselves. And we need to have that right response. And we need, yeah, yeah, there's been hardships, but we can cultivate character and we can be, we can grow and we can be intentional to make a plan about who we're becoming even if our outside circumstances are pretty rough. See, you know, often we think the priority of our life is comfort. 
or the priority of our life is success, especially Western society. We're working hard to get money so we can have a comfortable life. But that's not the priority of life in God's eyes. The priority of life in God's eyes is Christ-likeness. Not our comfort, not our success, not our prosperity. It's our, it's our heart. That's God's priority. Uh, the serenity prayer is a well-known prayer made famous by Alcoholics Anonymous. And it says this, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You know, we can't always change our circumstances, but wisdom is to know we can always change our heart, and we can always be a better person. Um, and so it needs to be our priority, and we need to have that intentional, intentional plan, as I said, a to-be plan, be intentional th- about the person we're becoming, not just the things that we're doing, because our heart is what determines the direction of our life. And why is that? Why three, there's three things, I think, why... Uh, Our heart determines, I mean, I'm sure there are many more things why our heart determines the direction of our life, but some things I want to point out here is the first one is what is inside our heart eventually comes out. Eventually comes out, it overflows. Who's ever flattered before? Been flattering, had a, Matt's had a flat. Boys flat, all boys flat? No, no, you had girls, so you're all boys flat? I was in an all boys flat. And it's everything, the reputation, filthy, filthy. Um, I actually flattered with our Auckland City Church campus pastor, Julian, and, um, and a couple of other boys from the young adults. And uh, so we had, we had been given this fridge because, you know, they give, they give you furniture to kind of set you up. And the thing is, this fridge never worked. And so we just, like, put it in our dining room in the corner there, uh, didn't even use it. And we didn't even plug it in. But as you can imagine, a shut fridge, not plugged in, not being used, and forgotten about, you can imagine what's going on inside that thing. So for months, for maybe even about a year, okay, we just ignored this broken fridge. And uh, it just became part of the furniture. You know, when something's always there, you don't notice it anymore. And so we didn't notice this fridge uh, until one day we had a birthday party. And so the flat was full of people. And uh, nobody told the guests that, hey, look, that, that's not our fridge. That fridge is broken. That fridge doesn't work. So somebody must have brought some food or something. And um, sure enough, they opened the fridge. And I tell you, that's the quickest way to shut down a party is to open it. This fridge had a nice, even green color. <laughs> and you can imagine it smelled disgusting. It was filthy. And so that party quickly cleared out. And I think we all took off to, like, snowboard somewhere. Um, so, absolutely filthy. But the point is this, you can't always tell what's inside. You can't always tell what's inside. Our outer appearance and our actions can say one thing, but what's inside can be another matter altogether. And, you know, there's so much that we can put up with in life, and there's so much that we can put on a good front, but we're ignoring things on the inside. We're ignoring the fridges in our lives. And uh, we're putting up, we even stop realizing that those things are even there in the first place. We stop realizing that flaw. We stop realizing that habit. We stop realizing. uh, But you know what? Eventually, somebody opens the fridge. And eventually, there's a situation that that character comes out. And uh, if it hasn't been dealt with, you know what? That thing stinks. (laughs) That thing absolutely stinks. And we all know leaders who have fallen, you know, morally or financially. You know, there's something inside that they've covered up and ignored, haven't dealt with, and eventually it comes out. 
Judas, Jesus' disciple, was a classic example. The greed that was in his heart was what caused him to betray Jesus. It was a love of money, and he sold Jesus out for a bag of coins. So there was a character thing in his heart that he covered up and didn't deal with, and eventually it messed up his life. And we get this from Matthew 12, 35. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So your character is who you are. And the character is more important than what you're doing in life because who you are ultimately influences what you do anyway. Uh, there's a quote here from a, a Carrie Newhoff, who's a, a Canadian pastor. He's a leadership author. He says, you, you can change everything in your life except your character, and you still won't be the kind of person you want to be. You can change your job, you can change careers, you can change a city, you can change a spouse. None of that actually changes you. That's all external stuff. To be changed yourself, you've got to change your character. You have to change your heart because you take your character with you. You can run away from a situation, but you know, you're just going to take your problems with you. And they're going to be there waiting for you because you take it, you carry it. That's who you are. We need to address our heart. I think I've shown you guys this photo before. Matt, you might remember it. Um, this fire hydrant, you know, you can't stop what's coming out by cover-ups. You can't stop it. You can't try and stop the flow by blocking it. You know, you've got to make sure what's coming out is good in the first place. And, uh, and so that's our focus this morning. When you ask the person next to you, how's your overflow? What's coming out? <laughs> uh, the second reason why I think our hearts determines the course of our life is similar to the first reason. Um, it's because what comes out of our heart is actually our greatest ministry. It's actually our greatest gift to give other people. Same scripture, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. When we focus on what we're doing, when we're guarding our hearts and allowing that inner transformation, then the good will overflow naturally. See, what we do isn't our ministry. Our ministry is who we impart, what we impart. It's who we are. It's what we carry. We carry with ourselves a culture. We carry with ourselves a fragrance. We carry with ourselves an atmosphere that overflows from who we are as a person. And that overflow, that atmosphere we carry, that is our greatest ministry. Not the stuff we do, not the stuff we say, but who we are. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians chapter 5.22. And there's something I believe about the fruit of the Spirit. I believe the fruit of the Spirit are there for others to pick from. They're not there for us to enjoy in our lives. So look at a few of them with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They, they are not things for us to just enjoy in our lives. They're things that are to be given you know, love, for example, it's a verb. Love is something we give to others. We love people. We give it away. Uh, peace, for example, we are called to be peacemakers, bring peace into situations. That's to be given, not just, oh, we grow in God so that we can have a peaceful life for ourselves. Peace is to be given joy. We're to bring joy into situations, bring joy into culture, bring joy into our workplace. That's the ministry, and that's the greatest ministry of Christians 
is the fruit of the Spirit that we can give and bring into situations. You know, we're to be kind, we're to be patient, we're to be faithful, faithful to God, faithful to others, we're to serve. Um, you would have heard, was it last week we had the live stream? Pastor Tark had this great line, it's not a matter of, who, of what you do, it's how you do it and who you do it for. See, what we do, our work, our serving, our giving, our speaking, that's not our greatest gift to the world, but how we do it is our greatest gift to the world. And if we do our everyday life task with good character, we're going to bless the world around us with a fragrance and with a culture that's from heaven, from out of this world, and that's going to be our influence. The third reason uh, why I think our heart determines the direction of our life is uh, it's actually what qualifies us for greater opportunities in God. It's what it's what causes progress in the assignment, the call of God that God has on our lives. So if you want to hit the mark for God, if you want to achieve that full assignment He has for your life, the key isn't to work harder. The key is to tend the character of your heart. Because I believe God will actually limit the opportunities in your life until your heart is where it needs to be. He hits pause on the call on your life, he hits pause on the opportunities that he opens up until you've sorted out whatever character he wants you to develop in your life. Regardless of your talent, your skill, or your hard work, your giftings, or your calling. Yeah, we can see this, and I just read this yesterday. Um, Psalms 105 verse 19, it's talking about Joseph. It said, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. God was working on his character before he released the call of God on his life. The character comes first. And so if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling frustrated in the things that God is doing, don't think I've got to change something outside. Think, search your heart and say, God, what character are you teaching me that I need to grow and develop in? Because God looks at the heart. Turn to 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 and 7. 1 Samuel 16, we're going to spend the rest of uh, the message here, not too much longer, looking at David, because it was known of David that he, is, he was called the man after God's heart. He's our greatest example to look at how to tend to a heart. Said in 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 and 7, when Samuel arrived, he took one look at Eliab, that's David's brother, and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, David's more qualified brothers were rejected in favor of David. They had stronger muscles, but David had stronger character. Uh, they may have had more privilege. They may have had more honor, more opportunities, more money, better looks, better upbringing, but God didn't see them. God saw David. He saw David isolated in the sheep fields. He saw David forgotten by man. He saw David marginalized by his family. But more importantly, he saw David working on his character and building a good heart. So if you want God to promote you, to open doors, to pour out blessing, character is the key. Guard your heart, for that is what determines the direction of your life. Um, it's interesting that David, when he messed up, when he sinned, when, when he uh, committed adultery and murder, 
he realized that his heart was the cause of that mistake. And that's when he wrote the Psalm, Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. He, he messed up in sin and he realized, ah, the heart determined my actions in that situation. Um, if you want to turn to Psalm number 101, and um, I'm going to look just very quickly at not so much specific things that we need to watch out for in our heart, but more um, the way David looked at cultivating his heart, at having an intentional attitude of guarding his heart. So Psalms 101, we're just going to go through a few scriptures, gives us some insight into David's mentality. And uh, actually, Steve, if you can just hand out those forms now. We've got a few little forms that um, perhaps as I speak, it might prompt a few little answers. What this form is, is it's a, a character goal-setting kind of a prompt. Help us to search ourselves, help us to set goals around who we're becoming. You know, we set to-do lists. How about we set some to-be lists? And uh, what good is it to know that we need to work on our heart if we haven't asked ourselves those questions? What is it? What's my next step? What do I need to change and transform in my life? So we will spend some time in the presence of God. As I said, I want this to be like a giant quiet time. We're just going to worship and we're going to wait on God and we're going to spend some time assessing this. Um, So there will be time at the end of the service to complete it. And it's really purely just for you to help you out. Maybe Steve, if I can have one as well. Thank you. Cool. All right. Psalm 101. Let's have a look at verse 2. It says, I will be careful to live a blameless life. When will you come to help me? I will be careful to live a blameless life. I will lead a life of integrity in my own home. In my own home. So the principle I want us to explore here is, What's your private life like? What are you like when no one's looking? What are you like when no one sees? Uh, Because as I said before, you can't fake good character for long. You actually have to have the good stuff inside. And so anyone can be good when others are watching. Anyone can have good character when it's expected, when you're in a church setting. But what are you like at home when no one else is at home? What are you like with your family? Because, you know, with their family, that's when you're least on guard. And so God doesn't just want us to act good. He wants us to actually be good. And God sees past the outer life that we project. And he sees what we're actually like inside. And that needs to be our focus. David knew that his home life, what he was like inside, what he was like in private, what he was like when no one else was looking, was the most important focus rather than the external showing of being good. And our influence on others actually depends on us having a good heart. God, God will only give us influence if we're going to be overflowing that good heart. The influence God gives us in public will flow out from what we're like in private. Uh, so our private life is a reflection of that condition of our heart. And so we don't want to just be someone who does good when it's expected. We want to be someone who actually is good. So that's a principle This is just really insights into how David looked at his heart. So it might cue some other things for you. As I said, it's not a comprehensive list. Uh, If you go to verse 3, it says, I will refuse to look at anything vile and vulgar. There's a principle David understood here, and that what goes into your soul feeds you. 
he was careful to not feed his soul with things that would corrupt his heart. And there's a saying, you are what you eat. David knew the impact of what you allow your heart to feed on. It's important for the condition of your heart. Naturally, if you're feeding on the world's values, when you need to have good character and godly values, they're not going to be in the deposit and the treasury of your heart to overflow. So you need to work on a good treasure in your heart so that when those pressure moments come, what overflows is the right stuff. Uh, we need to fill ourselves with the Word of God, with worship, fellowship with other Christians. So important for feeding your heart. Prayer. Um, you know, it's too late to have good character when you're in a pressure moment. Feed yourself with the right stuff now and guard your heart. Set a perimeter. Set a fence. Set a standard. Don't just let anything in. You know, have a high standard of what you feed your heart on. Uh, verse 4, the next insight to uh, David's mentality is a similar point, but it's not just the things that we feed ourselves from the outside. It's also what we feed ourselves from our mind, from our thoughts. Verse 4 says, I will reject perverse ideas and stay away from every evil. So our thought life impacts our hearts. And what we allow into our heart, our mind thinks, and what we allow to dwell on our mind then becomes established in our heart. Um, there's a saying that you can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. That's from Martin Luther. What, what that saying is we can't keep thoughts from coming into our mind, but we can stop the ones that we allow to dwell we can say, no, nah, I'm not going to linger on that thought. So don't let those thoughts make a nest in your hair, as it were. Um, cool. So your thought life, very important. The Bible puts it this way. Let God transform you, that's your heart, into a new person by changing the way you think. So our thought life, very important to keep a, keep a watch on. Uh, verse number five, just a couple more. I will not tolerate people who slander their neighbors. I will not endure conceit and pride. And the principle here is to not endure flaws. Don't put up with things. Don't tolerate things. If you know there's something in your heart that's wrong, if you know that there's a character flaw you need to work on or a tendency, a habit that you drift towards, don't put up with it. And, you know, we put up with far too much. We put up for, for, with things for far too long, and we need to deal with those things. Be self correcting. Leave yourself. You know, take responsibility to work on your character and, um, you know, be almost like sweat on your character, like a workout. You know, you're sweating on your, you're like stressing on You're like, God, how am I going to work on my character? How am I going to make a plan around this? How am I going to become the right person to hit my destiny? We need to put intention into it. Uh, verse number six, I will search for faithful people to be my companions. Only those who are above reproach will be allowed to serve me. And there's a principle here that the people who you surround yourself with influences your heart. Choose your friends wisely. But, you know, we don't always, we, we don't want to remove ourselves from the world. We want to be still with people who are ungodly so that we can influence them. But we can choose who we allow to speak into our lives. We don't have to listen to their point of view. We don't have to be influenced by our family that, that is ungodly, our friends that are ungodly. But we can choose to not let them really dictate our character. We are in control of that. So be conscious of who's speaking into your life. Surround yourself with good voices, people who are speaking life, friends who are bringing you up. And uh, even we have so much access now to the great preachers online all around the world, YouTube. You can surround yourself with people speaking faith into your life constantly. 
You know, let the voices that you're listening to be building your heart. And uh, just one more final one. Maybe, Dan, as you, as you want to join me now. My daily task will be to ferret out the wicked. My daily task to ferret out the wicked. Imagine your heart. Let it be your daily task to search your heart and to ferret out. You know what the word ferret means? Unearth, uncover, discover, detect, search it out, bring it to the light, bring it to the open, reveal, to track it down, to dig it up. Are we doing this with our heart? Are we searching it to that intention? Are we hunting it out, fishing it out, sniffing it out? Are we searching for for anything in our heart that is ungodly or that is the wrong attitude, the wrong character? David said in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. David knew his heart set where his destination of his life was going to end up. Not the things we do, but our heart. So can you see the level of intentional focus our heart needs, our character needs? We put so much priority on our life's decisions. Why don't we put so much more priority on who we're being, the character, the overflow of our heart, because that is the number one thing that's going to set where our life ends up. Not the life choices. The life choices overflow from what's inside first. So guard your heart. It's the number one factor. Who you're becoming inside needs more attention than what you're doing outside. And uh, if the direction of our life is to be good, is to be successful for God, then our heart inside needs to be good. But like David, we need to have that self-awareness, that intentional attitude to look inside And what I want to do is, uh, just to finish today, is something very practical with these forms. But first, we're going to, if you understand, we're going to sing a song. You probably, to be honest, don't know it, but that's fine, because more what I want to do now is just to set an atmosphere of the presence of God, of personal conversation with God. So even if Dan just ends up singing it by himself, that's fine. Let your heart go through this form. Have a look through it and just consider God. Sit that prayer. Search me, oh God. Point out something. Show me what it is in my heart. So why don't you just stand with me? We're going to sing the song. It's called Create in Me a Clean Heart. If you're born and raised as a Christian, then you would know it. Um, it's from like the 70s or something. But um, i got to tell you, there's an incredible presence and anointing every time I listen to this song. So don't be distracted. Just let your focus be on the presence of God right now and have that dialogue, have that interaction with God. Spirit within 
someone else, what do you think are three words that that person would use to describe you? And what are three words that you would like people to use to describe you? That's who you are. That's who you're being. That's your goals. There's a few other things there. What you're like at home that you think, okay, I would like to adjust that. What you're like in your thoughts. What you're putting up with that you might like to address. Who's a person or a voice that is influencing you that maybe you need to stop and shift and and get a positive influence instead? What's the fruit of the Spirit? This is where you should start if you're not sure. What's the fruit of the Spirit? Pick one that you're like, I want to grow in that. And just set it as a goal that every day this month, say, say if it's patience, every day this month, God, I'm going to work on being Get it established in your heart as a character. What is that one thing, Father? Just send that again. right now and you may be here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't know God, uh, you may have once knew Him or you know you're just feeling in your heart right now that things are not where they should be with Him, your heart is your heart is not right with Him and as we've been talking about, our heart ultimately determines the direction of our life and that's not just here on this earth, that's the direction of our life and eternity, whether we go to heaven and be with Jesus, or whether we're separated from God for eternity and go to hell. That's just the truth, but it's the condition of our heart, and there's no good having good character. It's no good being a good person. That's not enough to get to heaven. Our heart needs to be forgiven. Our heart needs to be cleansed, 
and uh, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's standard. All have sinned, myself, everybody. But that's why Jesus went to the cross. He came to wipe the sin away. He took the punishment for that sin and His blood is what cleanses us and forgives us. If we believe in Him and accept Him into our lives, His punishment was enough to take the record off our sin. And so if you need forgiveness, if you need to make your life right with God, if you need to have your heart cleansed, if you want to start fresh, we call it being born again, you have a new heart, you can start again, you can start fresh. If that's you, you're among friends this morning. We love you. We would just love to pray with you. And everyone's eyes are closed now. If that's you, why don't you just quickly raise your hand. I'll see it and I'll talk to you afterwards. Don't want to embarrass you. If that's you, go ahead and raise your hand. Don't, don't be shy. You're among friends. Don't worry about what your family might think. Don't worry about what your friends would think. Because your heart is your responsibility. Your heart is your priority. And life with Jesus is where transformation of your heart begins. You can make your peace with God today. Just my final call, if that's you. No one else is looking. Just wave at me. And I'll come and have a chat with you afterwards. If you were used to know God, but you know that your life, you've walked away from Him and you need to make your peace with God again, now's your moment. If you are in that category, as I said, come and talk to me or Pastor Matt or any of the leadership here and, and have a chance to say, hey, look, you know, I'd really like to talk about that a little bit more, making my peace with God. Or if you have any questions you want to explore this whole area of guarding your heart, come and, t- come and chat with us um, as we dismiss the meeting today. But the one important thing I want us to go away from is to shift our focus to being all practical because God wants us to be cultivating our heart and set a to-be goal. What's your to-be goal this week as well as your the list of things you've got to get done? Let's not make sandwiches Jesus never ordered. He orders Christ-likeness from us. That's what He wants to see. He wants our fellowship. He wants our friendship. He wants our companionship. He wants us to be good, not just to do good. So is there one thing today that you can apply for this week and say, God, between you and me this week, my goal, patience. My goal, joyful. My goal, show love. My goal, to be kind. What is it? My goal, to be generous. What is it about your character? What is it that you need to shift and adjust? And this is not a negative thing. This isn't like we need to sort out negative. This is like, man, God wants to release you into your destiny. And the way to get there is to have the right heart. Amen. Well, thanks so much for having me. We're going to dismiss the meeting.